We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast brought to you by Batflip, the team shuffling baseball card game. Today is Sunday, June 11th. My name is Chris Crawford. With me is my good friend Ryan Boyer. On this episode, we're going to cover some individual risers and fallers from the weekend, players who showed something encouraging and some others who did not. And then we'll talk some fab stuff and waiver wire targets to round things out here on Sunday afternoon. Uh, Before we get into the three up and three down, there was some breaking news, unfortunately. Liam Hendricks is going on the 15-day injured list with elbow inflammation. Now, the good news here is that this is not related to his non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, so that's obviously a massive positive. We certainly prefer an elbow injury to something along those lines. But it is worth pointing out that Hendricks has missed a bunch of time has not pitched particularly effective when on the mound, a 5.40 ERA, three strikeouts in his five innings so far. Uh, it looks like they're going to go closer by committee here with Kendall Graveman and Joe Kelly. Ryan, are you adding either of those guys to a pretty mediocre baseball team, or are you looking elsewhere if you had Hendricks as a closer on your roster? I would add Graveman. Um, I don't have ton of interest in anybody else in that bullpen. Um, But I I would, if you're asking me to add one guy from that pen, it would be, it would be Graveman. Um, Thankfully, I guess no structural damage in in Hendricks's elbow. Hopefully. I don't know if he's set to undergo any additional testing or not, but at least the, so far as a relatively tame as far as, um, elbow injuries go but like you mentioned hadn't been pitching great um he did get a save the other day mm-hmm. uh, he's been understandably kind of slow to to creep back up i think he would probably get there eventually um uh, i would prefer to hang on to him if you have the dl space il space yep um i know in one of my leagues i already had i was already stashing Carlos Rodon, and I had Aaron Judge and Vinny Pasquantino go down in addition to to Hendricks this week. Yeah, so I'm I could be I'm going to hold on to Hendricks for now. Um, Saves are saves are kind of a knife fight in that league, Mm -hmm. so they're they're important. Uh, So I would ideally be able to hang on to Hendricks, but uh, you know. 
I can understand if you have the, especially given how he had been pitching, not great before getting hurt. But sure. yeah, Graveman would be the guy I would look to add. I see there's a comment they're talking about Garrett Crochet. I, I love Garrett Crochet's arm. I don't know that they would uh, – maybe if the opposition has some lefties due up in the ninth, sure. he, could, he could see some save chances. But Graveman would be my would be my preference there. Same. Yeah, and I like Crochet a lot too. And if you start to see him pitch more in these high-leverage situations, I'd go get him. And an interesting rate guy. I think long-term he has a chance to be a really good closer – I think the days of him uh, believing he could possibly be a starting pitcher are over. I mean, that was probably over, honestly, the minute that Chicago decided to call him up the year that he was drafted. But uh, there was some hope that after out of Tennessee that he was going to be um, maybe a potential starter someday, but one that was so good that you could use him in the bullpen right away. But yeah, I think that's fair. I, I'm holding on to Hendricks. Um, such a bummer. Uh, it was such a fun story to see him come back, and hopefully this is going to be uh, just a short-term thing. I imagine it won't be elbow injuries. <laughs> we talked about flexor strains, how that is always going to be something that is not a short stint. I would imagine he's back somewhere, uh, assuming there is no structural damage around the All-Star break, something along those lines. Like That would be probably my uh, pessimistic view. Uh optimistic view maybe you do get him back at the start of july but definitely somebody that you unfortunately have to get out of your fantasy lineup for the coming week all right let's talk about three up from saturday and three down from saturday and ryan why don't you talk about the guy that i affectionately call kyle's brother mr Corey seager who had kind of a monster game and a really this has been a fun series so far between the rays and the rangers i think and Corey seager added to that fun on saturday yeah, those those you referenced the Kyle's brother. They're not how long has it been since they did those uniforms? It seems uh, like it's been a while. It does. Yeah, they, I guess they didn't not, do them in twenty twenty. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, I guess they're not doing that anymore. But that was definitely the best one. The the yes, Corey's Corey's brother. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Corey Seager, five for five, uh, two run double and a two run home run. His seventh of the season. Mm-hmm. Against the Rays yesterday, on the year is up to two fifty two, four hundred three six seventeen. His triple slash line, his exit velocity, hard hit rate, barrel rate, xba and x slug, all in the ninety seventh percentile or higher. Whew. So, in addition to the uh, the bottom line numbers, his his batted ball data is just fantastic. It, it always is with him, almost always, at least last few years when he's when he's been healthy but he's really even taken it to another level this year you know he's missed what was it five six weeks something like that with the maybe it wasn't that long more like a month with the hamstring injury so he's only played 32 games this year still has been a top 12 uh shortstop during that time um so and zero, that's a guy who's that's factoring in zero stolen bases as well, because he's that's obviously not part of his part of his game. So I mean he's just I don't know if I wanna put him among the elite hitters in the game. I would like to see a few more walks. That's really not part of his game. But I mean he's absolutely destroying the ball and the this Rangers offense is certainly looks much better than anyone. Anticipating, I know you're a, 
a big believer in the Raiders offense and their yeah. it being at least somewhat sustainable at this at this high level. Yeah. I mean he's hitting what second in that lineup and just a really good spot for him. We know the injuries have been something that he's dealt with um throughout his career, but you know, even without the speed factor and and roto leagues, he's just a guy that's going to provide monster four category production, Corey Seager. Yeah, the only thing missing from that becoming one of the elite fantasy options is the fact that he just doesn't run, and he never will. I mean, that's just you can you can add another six inches to each side of the base, and you can make pickoffs like a war crime, and you're still not going to see Corey Seager steal bases. It's just unfortunate, but like. And this was, I mean, I didn't expect him to be quite this good, but you took a look, you take a look at the the numbers last year. He was one of the most unlucky hitters in baseball. Like every statistic suggested that he was going to be very good. But the question mark is, can he stay healthy? Is he going to be able to, and I like, like today, uh, Sunday, the Rangers have him in a designated hitter, and that's a good way to keep that guy healthy is to rotate him, give him those rest days without actually giving uh, rest days. So my three up, I have I cheated. I'm picking three different players for my three up because there are three pitching performances that we have to talk about. Uh, let's start with Bobby Miller, though. Six innings of shutout baseball against the Phillies. Uh, three walks, did strike out seven, seven ground ball outs. He is now 3-0 and on the season. Yeah, yeah, win-loss record. 0.78 ERA, and it's worth pointing out that, yes, that first start did come against, most recent start, excuse me, did come against the Nationals, but let's take a look at who else he's faced so far. Atlanta, New York, and Philadelphia, and I know Philadelphia is not quite Philadelphia this year, but that's still an impressive lineup to shut out. It's really interesting because I, and several others, I, I'm, I'm not alone in this, but I will take the uh, take the fall here. Thought that Gavin Stone was the guy who was more ready to contribute. Uh, whoopsie Daisy. Whoopsie Epsy yeah. Daisy. Because look, Stone was awful. Although the metrics suggest he was better than he was in those outings, but just it's very hard to get that many swings and misses and still have the results that Gavin Stone had. But they the results are the results. But yeah. I was concerned about Bobby Miller as a guy that a lot of people think long term might be a reliever. Uh, nothing, not so much based on what we've seen so far. I think he's a must roster guy if you haven't rostered him already, because he's not giving up that rotation spot anytime soon. Andrew Abbott wasn't even close to his dominant, but you did see him pitch against your St. Louis Cardinals and throw five and two thirds innings of shutout baseball, allowed five hits, three walks, four strikeouts, has not given up a run in his two starts so far. We talked ad nauseum about Abbott Ryan, about how excited we were to see what he can do. And yeah, we've been right that the strikeout totals haven't quite matched up. And he has had some self-inflicted damage. He's walked seven in those 11 and two-thirds innings. But you see his ability to initiate weak contact. St. Louis is a pretty darn good lineup that he handled just fine. Uh, very impressed by what we've seen from Andrew Abbott so far. And a pitcher that is not like those pitchers in any regard whatsoever, Kyle Hendricks, eight innings of one-hit baseball, took a no-hitter into the seven, through seven and two-thirds innings before. And I don't even remember who. Someone who has no sense for history broke up the no-hitter. But eight innings of one-run baseball. This is now two starts out of three that he's allowed just uh, no more than a run. He's had a couple of clunkers as well. Not so great starts, although six innings and four runs against the Padres isn't so bad. 
Kendricks, of course, missed most of the season while recovering from his shoulder surgery. Uh, the 33-year-old now has a 3.09 ERA and 15 strikeouts with a 1.07 whip. It just goes to show you that there's lots of different ways to succeed in fantasy baseball. You can be the hard-throwing lefty you could, or hard-throwing right-hander. You can be the crafty lefty that has four pitches that can miss bats, and you can be Kyle Hendricks. But all three of those guys, I think, had to be mentioned. Yeah, I'm. I will. I will let it slide that you kind of, kind of cheated in this segment because yeah. I agree. We need to. We, need to <laughs> we could have gone six that. up, six down, I guess, but that's just not how baseball works. <laughs> yeah, Bobby Miller too threw um, 104 pitches, I believe, in that outing, which is his high mm. in all of professional baseball, not just the the majors. So the at least for the time being, the the training wheels are. Off. Speaking of which, I, this just popped up in my head because I saw Craig Mish tweet about it earlier. Sounds like Yuri Perez might go down, back to down to yeah. the minors as they look to kind of truncate oh. his his workload. Yeah. Understandable. He's already like I think he's already close to like his approaching his career high in innings already this season. Um, so they're gonna kind of keep him keep him limited somewhat. So that's, you know, he's been really good. Um, I think they're the goal. If the Marlins somehow remain in the, at least the outskirts of the, of the playoff of playoff contention, they would like to have him available late in the season. So right. Hopefully it's just more of a pause and he will come back eventually. He certainly looked like he looked like he belongs. So that's, just a, a little aside on the on the Yuri with a some Yuri Perez talk. Um, another guy up from from Saturday, Gunnar Henderson. Are we, is Gunnar Henderson hitting like Gunnar? We knew Gunnar Henderson can now. Yeah, um, batting leadoff yesterday against the Royals, yeah. hit home run number eight as part of a two hit game. Back in the leadoff spot again, I saw today. I haven't seen what he's what he's done so far today, but I saw he was batting leadoff again, and they they're kind of looking for a, a guy at least against righties to bat to bat leadoff with uh, Cedric Mullins still on the on the shelf. Mm-hmm. Um, last three games for Gunnar Henderson, he's reached base seven times. He's got two home runs, three stolen bases to, over that stretch. Already three home runs. So far in June, so off to a great start this month. And as I mentioned, you know, Adam Frazier has had a pretty good year. He's he's also been used some in the leadoff spot since mm-hmm. since Cedric Mullins went down. But love seeing that Gunnar Henderson has been there two days in a row. I mean, he's hit often in the lower third of the of the Orioles batting order this season, understandably, because he just really hasn't been that good. But the season numbers are kind of creeping up there. I mean, he's about league average-ish now. And obviously the the upside is is tremendous. I, I don't know. Are we, are we seeing the are we seeing Gunnar Henderson about to take off? I, I have a feeling on, on what side of the coin you might might lie on this. Yeah. Um I think so. <laughs> I will say <laughs> this. Because of his quality approach and because he's willing to hit in two strike counts. 
I have my doubts about him ever being a huge average guy. I don't think if we're talking about a 293 hitter, 300 hitter, I don't think you're talking about a 230 hitter either. But I do think that's always going to be the statistic that he struggles in the most is because he's willing to hit in two strike counts. He waits for his pitch. He's willing to make pitchers work. But the on-base percentage and the power and the stolen bases should be there. So I don't really care that much. I mean, as long as he's not joey galloping it up you know like in the the 200 range and i still love joey gallo by the way i'm so sorry to say negative things about joey gallo but i do think that we're starting to see like oh yeah this guy has a chance to be a special fantasy player by the way one for three with a run score tonight the royals are just awful uh six three right now in the middle of the fourth inning uh i'm seriously considering uh calling rob uh, I call him Rob. Some people call him Ranford, but I'm calling Rob and saying um, the centrals don't get to play anymore. The, these divisions are done. You're done. You can have a nice little vacation. That hurts get me. Some rest for some guys, but I, I know it does. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Cause I still, you honestly, the Cardinals you, are probably the most talented of those teams. You and your West coast bias. <laughs> My West coast bias. Uh, Interesting question here since we were talking about uh, young pitchers from the Hart Foundation. Who's a better stash, Sheehan or Gavin Williams? So Emmett Sheehan, as somebody in the chat brought up, uh, did get promoted to AAA along with Landon Knack, which is a really fun baseball name and also an interesting pitcher. Um, Gavin Williams by a lot for me. I think Gavin Williams is one of the very best pitching prospects in baseball. Sheehan's interesting, a guy who I think belongs in the top 100, maybe even closer to the 75 range. He's been excellent this year. The only thing that concerns me a little bit with Williams is just the fact that Cleveland is so loaded with arms that I'm not 100% sure that Gavin Williams is going to get the call. But I've brought this up in quite a few podcasts now. If the Guardians believe that Gavin Williams is ready to go and that they are competing for a playoff spot, that's not going to hold him back. Gavin Williams has the type of stuff to be the best pitcher on the Cleveland Guardians. And that's a high praise thing to say for a team that has Shane Bieber and Tristan McKenzie, although we'll talk about McKenzie in just a second. I still would be stashing Williams over Sheehan. Um, Knack is also interesting if he gets a chance to um, get a chance to start. I think any starting pitcher for the Dodgers is at least a little interesting because you got a real ch good chance to pick up a win that day because the Dodgers are very good at baseball. Um, but, I think they're going to uh, trade Bieber. I think the Guardians think so? are going to trade Bieber. I actually think they, I actually think they should. Honestly, oh yeah, I think so too. I, I um, would agree with that. I mean, assuming that they are able to get, because like, I mean, he's. I'm a little worried about him over the long haul. Like he's the strikeout rate is just completely bottomed out with him. It's the velocity cool, is, he's he can still pitch. Like he's. Yeah. I, I just think maybe at this point he's more of like a number three maybe a number two. I don't yeah. think he's an ace anymore. Um, and I, I don't blame the, the guardians, especially given their, given their depth and their constant ability to churn out great arms left sure. and right. Um, I, I think trading Bieber, if they can get a, a good package makes a lot of sense. And that, I'm with you. Like when the Guardians decide Gavin Williams is ready, I think he's going to come up regardless. But that would yeah. make that, that would make a lot of sense. And I, I actually think they could potentially get better for this year mm -hmm. and in the future. So that's why I think it would make a lot of sense to if they can line up with uh, with a trade partner. 
Mason Wynn, Dylan Carlson, and Gordon Grisifo for Shane Bieber. Who says no? I I mean, if it's me, I'm saying no as as representative of the Cardinals. Yeah. Like I mentioned, I mean, I, I would love it to add Bieber to the Cardinals rotation. He would be an upgrade with without a question. That's their weak spot on their team. Um, we'll see if they actually end up end up buying or selling here in uh, for the end of July. But you know, I would say no to that. It's just you know, Bieber's got one year, one additional year of control next year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would I would pass. What about what about you? Uh, I'd probably pass as well. Uh, I would absolutely do Carlson and Grisifo for him. I think that makes like a ton of sense. And I got to be honest, like Gordon Grisifo is interesting already. By the way, he's been out an interesting arm if he does get the chance to pitch. But Gordon Grisifo and the Cleveland Guardians pitching development system becomes real interesting. Uh, yeah. This is this is speculating beyond speculating. But by the way, my buddy Uncle Ted talks. This is fun. Juan Soto is going to be a Texas Ranger this year. Mark my words. I would love to see that so much. And I do wonder if San Diego falls out of this thing, if Juan Soto could be on the market. I'm I'm not 100% sure that's going to happen or not, just because. Don't put anything past A.J. Preller. You can't put anything past him. I would just say, you know, that's very risky for considering how much they gave up. James Wood, especially, who has a chance to be. Wouldn't shock me if James Wood, by the way, got a chance to play this year. Um, because you've seen really? Washington be extremely aggressive with double A columns, probably more than any other baseball team that I can remember. Um, I, I could see it towards the end of the year, maybe it would depend on signing a long term extension type of thing. But Juan Soto to the Texas Rangers, I might be dreaming about that for a little bit. As much as I love those Padres and I love seeing my boy Soto in those absolutely gorgeous City Connect uniforms, that is something very positive to talk about. And now let's go down to the not so good. Taj Bradley was not good again against the Rangers. Uh, And by the way, I shouldn't say not good again against the Rangers because that's his first start against the Rangers as far as I know. But three and two thirds innings, five runs, four of them earned, four walks and four strikeouts. Now, the issue with him has been command. Eight and two thirds innings in these two starts as of late has walked seven, struck out 10. You know, that's not bad at all, but. That's a lot of self-inflicted damage. And against the Red Sox lineup and against the Rangers lineup, particularly that Rangers lineup that we just waxed poetically about, that's going to be tough. I think Bradley has a pretty decent grasp on a rotation spot right now, but I'll be curious to see um, just how much leash he does get because we have seen Tampa Bay be talking about aggressive with stuff. They have no problem sending guys down based on, you know, just, cutting somebody in line in Wawa or something like that. They are very aggressive with that type of stuff. So Bradley's going to have to pitch better. And over the last couple, he's been just kind of mediocre. Yeah. And we saw he was really struggling at, at triple a prior to the promotion. I mean, he was ideally the Rays would not have, have called him back up when they did. Of course, he didn't deserve to get sent back down in the first place. Um, I think he was due for a little bit of regression, uh, but you know, I'm, he's still a hold for me. I think he's, you never know what Tampa Bay is going to do with that rotation, as you mentioned, but they've, right. they're, uh, they've battled some injuries, still banged up. Um, I think, I think Bradley still has some, some leash there. Um, one guy who definitely has leash, but 
has disappointed fantasy managers this year, to say the least. Yes. Aaron Nola, you know, this start was, I will add, he was facing the Dodgers, first of all. And also, he pitched into the seventh inning, and he threw six. He had allowed three runs and struck out seven. Perfectly solid outing, against, especially against the Dodgers. Then he went, I think, single, walk, single. Or he retired the first batter of the seventh, then single, walk, single. Gave up one more run, got pulled, and then the guy that they brought in for him allowed two more runs to add add to that ledger. So wound up with, I think, six, six earned runs and six and a third innings. I mean, the inconsistency with Nola is just – look at his last – the game log for his last five starts. I mean, you had – May 20th against the Cubs, seven innings, two earned runs, 10 strikeouts. Great. Mm-hmm. Then at Atlanta on 525, he gave up five runs, gave up three home runs, started after that against the Mets, gave up four runs, only struck out five, walked three, then comes back against the Tigers, strikes out 12, doesn't allow a single earned run, gives up only one hit. And then we have this outing against the Dodgers where he winds up getting charged with six runs over six and a third. So just a lot of inconsistency from Aaron Nola on the year. Now he has a 460 ERA, yeah. 8.6 strikeouts per nine, not where we're used to seeing from him, 2.4 walks per nine, which is very good for any mere mortal, but it's down from him for the last couple of years. And then, you know, Aaron Nola, when we've seen him, you he goes through stretches like this and even even seasons like that full seasons basically the bottom line numbers wind up yep. looking not looking that great um it's really been a home run thing i think in large part i mean we look at 2019 which is a great year for home runs certainly he gave up 1.2 home runs per nine that year finished with a 387 ERA uh, 2021, also a great year for home runs. He gave up 1.3 home runs per nine, finished with a 4.63 ERA. Right. So far in 2023, he's given up 1.4 home runs per nine. So that's more than he gave up in those other two years where, where he finished with a pretty bloated ERAs, especially in 2021 in that case. Um, I think we all – like Aaron Nola, I think sure. most of us think he's going to be just fine, but he's is prone to these kind of uh, stretches where he can just doesn't pitch all that well. The results are not great. Um, you know, I, I would still consider him somewhat of a buy low, mm-hmm. but I mean, you would have to, I would have to get a pretty decent discount. I, his fantasy manager might be willing to give it to you. They might not. Right. Um, I would not want to pull, pay full freight for him. Right. Um, you know, he's – if you look at the strikeout to walk rate over the last several years with Aaron Nola, you think, well, this stuff is completely dominant. He's not. It's not really the case with him. He gets by on just pinpoint command, excellent control. Um, you know, the, the home run environment – is kind of back this year, not certainly to the great degree of 2019 or 2021, but definitely better than last year. So I think that could get him into into some trouble. So 
I would still consider him a buy low, but I, I would have to get a pretty decent discount, I think. Yeah, I'm with you there. I do wonder, Ryan, um, if we're going to see, if we just talked about a bunch of guys changing teams, I wonder if Aaron Nola might be somebody who changes teams this summer because free agent to be. Philadelphia, mm-hmm. massive disappointment so far. Aaron Nolan not pitching very well. I do wonder if he could be moved to a contender like the Cardinals or the Mariners need some rotation help now. Although I'm wondering if the Mariners should even be a bother at this point because there's just so many teams ahead of him right now that are playing so well. It's mm-hmm. same, the whole, same with the Cardinals too. Should yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, the, the reason you should is because you play in the uh, MAC Conference of Baseball Divisions. The, the so. soon-to-be disbanded uh, yeah, it's soon to be, Central Division. Yeah, yes, exactly. So I guess if that division doesn't exist and I let St. Louis play in the East or West, I guess that would be a problematic thing. But it is kind of worth pointing out, too, Aaron Nola has had a little bit of a Brett Saberhegany career like you were talking about. Like, you just take a look at his ERAs, and they they fluctuate from year to year. The odd years have been pretty bad, and some of that could be bad luck. He's been better than the numbers suggest. But I do wonder, and I, I'm always nervous about pitchers who change teams. Like, it's, it's great to go play for a new team and to um, – you know, if you're usually going to a contender, so you think there's a better chance for win, but it doesn't work out an awful lot, an awful lot. So I would honestly, if I have Aaron Nola, I would be looking to sell for like 80 cents on the dollar for what you tra- traded him for. And they're not giving him away or anything like that. But I would say that Aaron Nola is somebody that I would at least be willing to consider in a fantasy trade. I didn't expect that. Um going into the season, but maybe I should have based on his track record in odd years. Tristan McKenzie. McKenzie was absolutely dominant in his start on Sunday against Minnesota last week. Five innings, one hit, one walk, 10 strikeouts. Didn't come close to seeing the same type of success against the Astros on Saturday. Five innings, five runs, three walks, five strikeouts. Now it's worth pointing out, this was just the second start of the year for McKenzie as he missed all of the all, all up the first two months of the season, all of the first two months of the season is what I was trying to say there, but I didn't say it very well. Uh, McKenzie was excellent in 2022, 2.96 ERA and deserved it. I think you might see some ups and downs from McKenzie, at least to start the year because of how much time uh, he missed. I'm certainly not looking to move him. You've been patient enough with McKenzie on your injured list. I'm sure for those two months. The guy they call Sticks has excellent upside, and you know Cleveland's not great, but it, I think he did, will get some more more win opportunities. They're winning right now, five nothing uh, against the Houston Astros. But unfortunately, a reminder that McKenzie has not exactly shown a ton of consistency over his major league career. Yeah, and as you mentioned, um, the body type not exactly built to hold up. Correct. Um, so. He has a ability, which I, I don't know if it's really sustainable year over year, but he's has shown it to this point. Like he gives up a ton of fly balls, but like they're mostly like weekly hit fly balls. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with the environment change, with the, the ball carrying a little more this year than it did last year, a guy like that can get into some trouble, especially if he's not um, able to rediscover the, the strikeout upside he showed a couple of years ago. So still like Tristan McKenzie, 
quite a bit. Um, I think he should have plenty of leash, but as you mentioned before, when we were talking about uh, Shane Bieber and, and Garrett Williams, they have options there. So yeah. um, he's a hold for me and he's a guy I would consider, uh, consider buying if there, if someone in your league is selling, but you know, there are some potential roadblocks there. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, uh, Joseph asks, who would the Guardians get back more from in the end of the second comment if they traded Bieber or McKenzie? I think McKenzie by a lot would give you the better return just because younger, more upside, and more cost-controlled. That is a big thing here. So um, Bieber has the better, I guess, track record because, uh, you know, Cy Young award-winning season, albeit in the truncated year. Um, so certainly going to get them a nice return if and when they do deal him. But McKenzie, if they were aggressive and felt like, hey, we want to deal this guy at the high point would get a massive return. I think uh, it'd be kind of fun and it wouldn't shock me. Nothing Cleveland will do will shock me because they are a super aggressive team and also a super cheap team. Let's just be honest. Like this is not a team that is into spending a lot of money on starting pitchers. And if they do feel like that's the high point, I can see a McKenzie return. Yeah. They're, they're very calculated uh, front that's office. That's a nice way to put it. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's so that's nice that could be a kind of a sneaky under the radar. You, you know, we're gonna we're gonna be inundated soon with all these. Oh yeah, guys on the trade block, sure. and McKenzie could potentially be a guy who might not be on those articles, but could be kind of a sneaky under under the radar type guy that could get moved. We see it every year. So that covers all of the weekends, three up, three down. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we're going to give you some fab suggestions. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply bat flip the team shuffling baseball card game is a gamer's love letter to baseball step into the role of manager build your team shuffle it up and deploy it in an action-packed three inning game each of the over 140 player cards is unique with its own special stats and abilities each team has its own powers and strategy flex your financial muscles as the new york money blags 
bunt and steal your way to victory as the Sioux City Smallballers or deliver takeout slides and hen hunting pitches as the Detroit Dirtbags. Wonder how they got that name. 12 teams in all. Bat Flip was designed by an avid fantasy baseball player and made its pre-release debut at First Pitch Arizona 2021. It's been played by the likes of Ron Chandler, Eno Saris, Ray Murphy, and Phil Goyette. Did you grow up collecting baseball cards? Do you collect them now? I sure do. Then Bat Flip is the game for you. Do you like collectible card games like Magic the Gathering or Pokemon? Do you like online card games like Hearthstone or Marvel Snap? Then Bat Flip is still the game for you. Batfit features fast-paced strategic play and endless replayability. Utilize your best players and special abilities at the most pivotal moments. And then, when the time is just right, swing for the fences and flip that bat. You can order your copy now at batflipgame.com. That's batflipgame.com. All right, let's look at those fab, wa- uh, fab waiver targets. And, Ryan, you know this is my favorite time of year. Favorite time to talk about Fab because you've you've all heard me be extremely positive about Fab on every podcast that we've done. You know that I actually created it. Um, I don't like to tell people this, but my middle name is actually Fab. Uh, and I was a big fan of the rapper Fabulous, so I decided to name it after that as well. Um, I don't think Fabulous raps too much, but you probably know that I'm talking out of my you-know-what and that Fab is not necessarily my favorite thing, but there are some interesting players to target. And uh, Ryan, why don't you start with a certain outfielder that uh, swings the bat kind of goofy, but he's been pretty successful and he had some fantasy upside. Yeah, Joey Weimer. Um, I mean, I think if we if Garrett Mitchell didn't get hurt, if Sal Freelich didn't get hurt like Mm -hmm. a month-ish ago, we it's possible Weimer would have been back in the minors. Um, yeah. He wasn't wasn't hitting much at all. Um, but so far in June, ten games so far in June, batting three sixty four, the four seventy five, OBP seven fifty eight, slugging percentage three home runs, four doubles, nine RBI, two stolen bases, and perhaps most importantly, he's got the strikeout rate to a digestible twenty five percent, walk rate up at up at 17.5% so far in June. Just this weekend, he batted fifth on Friday, seventh on Saturday, second on Sunday. And this is a guy who had been batting, I think, I think maybe literally he's batted ninth literally every time prior to that stretch. Like I could be a little, a little off on that, but sure. he's been stuck at the bottom of the order with, with good reason. He hasn't, hit all that much prior to this, to this hot streak. Um, but, you know, even with the stretch where he didn't hit all that well, he's up to eight home runs and 10 stolen bases now in the season. I mean, that's like a 20 homer, 30 steal pace. Um, so he could be one of these guys who, I mean, you mentioned the, <laughs> the funky batting stance. He's got kind of a hundred pence ish vibe with the all the quirky movements and sure. just he just looks a little awkward up there yeah um but he's got a he's got a bunch of overall power obviously ranks really well as far as sprint speed goes he's got he's a tremendous athlete yeah um i don't know if he's ultimately gonna make enough contact to be able to hit for a decent batting average but he could definitely be one of these guys who you know bats 240 with 2020 upside as far as uh, if you're in a roto league, it's 
still super valuable, even with the if he's it winds up being a little bit of a batting average drain, and if he's going to be moving up in the Brewers order pretty pretty regularly, the counting stats uh, are going to receive a a bit of a boost there. So I think I personally that league we were talking about earlier where I had the the IL trouble, I actually dropped Joey Weimer like right before he started getting hot. So. So basically what I'm saying is don't listen to anything I'm pontificating about on these podcasts because <laughs> I, I clearly don't know what I'm doing. But, uh, yeah, I, but he, Weimer's a guy, if he was dropped, and he was dropped in plenty of leagues, um, I think he is worth, especially in Roto, where you get that boost from the stolen base upside he brings. I think he's worth some of that fab bid that, that Chris Oso loves dearly. Love it. Absolutely love it. Can't wait to sit down and strategize for three hours on what bid I want to make on those players. Uh, I've been a big Weimer fan for a while now, uh, a while. He's only been in the league for a couple of years in terms of professional. Like he was drafted as a fourth rounder out of Cincinnati. It, it all looks so goofy. It, it is it is so weird to watch, but he's such a terrific uh bringing it back to the old school. He's like home star runner. He's just a terrific athlete. And he is a guy uh, with a terrible haircut, but a ton of offensive potential, just an awful haircut, by the way, just, Oh my goodness gracious. We have got to do something about these mullets folks. As someone who has very little hair left, I'm mad that you guys are wasting good hair. Be like Ryan, take advantage of your good hair. Um, it is worth pointing out by the way, Sal Frelick, there were some interesting comments from, uh, their front office that talked about how uh, they want to see him play for a little bit, but they're pretty, they sounded like a call-up was basically imminent once he gets some more time in the organization. That's really interesting to me. Frelick is definitely a guy I'm waiting for that call-up to come up before I'm adding him, but certainly a guy I'm keeping an eye on because yeah, his numbers aren't great in AAA, but um, 70 hit tool and 70 speed, and he can really go get it in the outfield as well. Doesn't help you in fantasy necessarily, but it kind of does because it puts him on the field. Um, definitely a guy to keep an eye on if that takes place. And unfortunately, maybe hurts Weimer a little bit, but I think that we'll find a way for Weimer to play, especially if he's been playing like he has. Uh, I'm going to recommend Nolan Jones. Now, Nolan Jones is somebody I've also been a big fan of for a while. Unfortunately, didn't really work out in Cleveland, but he's been excellent since being promoted uh, from AAA back into the lineup for your Colorado Rockies hitting 348 with three homers and 11 RBI, a 1.030 OPS. It's homered in two of four games. And Ryan, I got to be honest with you, this became a little more interesting because of something that happened today. Charlie Blackman placed on the injured list with a fractured hand that we didn't know about because we didn't have him injury designated. Apparently it happened in Kansas City, but he's with that fractured hand, he's going to miss multiple weeks it's another opportunity for Nolan Jones to be in the lineup. And I don't expect him to be the DH too often, but you can line him up at first base. You can line him up in the outfield. He's also played third base before. I don't think that's happening a ton with Ryan McMahon seeming to have that situation locked up. But Nolan Jones, I, I don't think he can keep up the average, but he has an excellent approach at the plate. He's got power, and the fact that he's going to be playing in Coors Field for house home games makes him all the more interesting I think I would be relatively aggressive with the Jones bit if he's still available in your fantasy leagues. Yeah, and I hadn't heard that that Blackman news, by the way, but I yeah. would also add, I mean, CJ Crone coming back from this back issue, 
I don't think he's been cleared for for baseball activities. It's kind of shaping up to as a potential lost season for him, I think, unfortunately. That was supposed to be a minimal stint. Sorry to interrupt, by the way. And that's just another reminder. When you hear minimal stint, ignore it. It means nothing. They are lying to you. They have never told the truth to you about an injury. And I'm talking about everybody. Because I remember writing up the CJ Crone thing and Bud Black saying, well, we sure hope to have him back after the minimal stint. Maybe needs to get a little rehab assignment. And I believe, Ryan, that was now two months ago. At least six weeks. Yeah, and as we also know, unfortunately, I mean, the Rockies sometimes need their hand forced to play these younger guys like Nolan Jones. So maybe we do need these unfortunate veteran injuries. I mean, Nolan Jones should have been on the opening day roster. He should have been playing from the jump. 100%. Uh, I mean, I thought that the jerks and Profar signing made a whole lot of sense um, when it happened, but I mean – in hindsight, the Rockies should probably should have just stuck Nolan Jones in left field and yep. let him play. Yep. Um, speaking speaking of which, by the way, um, you think that those calculated Guardians could take that trade back? Maybe is <laughs> given the production or lack thereof they've experienced in the outfield. Uh, yeah, might, is important. I was just going to say it is worth pointing out they did get an interesting prospect back in him. So yeah. um, it could be a trade in the long term that works out pretty well for them. However. You look at that just awful lineup, and Nolan Jones probably hits in the middle of it right now. Yeah, I'm with you, though, on Nolan Jones. I think he's uh, the multi-position eligibility. Um, nice to have. Obviously, he got he has that Coors Field boost. What was it, a 478-foot home run he hit the other day? I mean, the and he's a guy who never, like, put up, like, gaudy, like, power numbers in the minors, but the, the raw power, the scouting reports would tell you that the raw power has always been there. Um, hasn't always shown up uh, at game time necessarily, but maybe he's figuring it out. I mean, triple a Albuquerque we're talking about, but the numbers this year, triple a have just been absolutely bonkers for him. Right. So maybe he's turning the corner and I think he's definitely worth, worth adding another guy. Absolutely worth adding. I think I feel like we've talked about him, at least a half dozen times, different podcasts. Edouard Julien. I think it's just because we like saying that name. Oh, at least I do. Yeah. The uh, French, the French Emperor of Walks. I just, <laughs> just uh, coined coined that uh, nickname. Nice. Yeah. So Jorge Polanco looks like a moderate hamstring strain this time. He just came mm. back from that injury not that long ago. Now it's. Uh, even worse than than before, so it sounds like he's going to be on the shelf for a while. Um, Julian up as his replacement. He led off Saturday, reached three times, stole a base, leaning off again Sunday. Haven't seen what he's done so far Sunday, but knowing Edward Julian, he's probably reached base a couple more times already today. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's a guy who, as we've, I know you've mentioned this on this podcast, his position is hitter yes um the glove not great right strikes out quite a bit um but he also walks a ton he's got good power good speed i mean he's the twins although they've been quick to to send him back down like when he's been up he's been he's hit like either lead off or second or sometimes clean up like they they believe in the bat i don't think there's any question about that as they should um 
very interesting skill set. He has the potential, I think, to be useful both in points leagues because of all those walks and roto leagues because he can run. He hits for some power. Um, because he draws all those walks, he gets on base at a good clip. He could contribute in the run scores categories, especially if he keeps that keeps that leadoff spot. Um, you know, I think I think Julian, they they have some some juggling to do with the with their infielders there, but you know, with Jorge Polanco sideline kind of at probably at least a month, I would say. I mean, right. probably looking at maybe around the all-star break. If when you're talking about a, about a moderate strain that you've already, already missed time for previously. So I, Julian really has an opportunity to establish himself. And also you, you know, we keep talking about this, like eventually maybe Byron Buxton actually plays the outfield some. So that would, open up some at bats at, at sure. BH too. So, um, but the bat plays with Julian, uh, I, I'm very interested to see um, what he's going to provide moving forward. Cause I think he's definitely worth like Nolan Jones, like Joey Weimer worth a decent uh, fab bid. Yeah, I would agree with that. I'm, I've been kind of lower on Julian than some, but no doubt acknowledge that there is certainly fantasy upside. And unfortunately, Helped by the fact that the Twins, I mean, Ryan, I just was doing their depth chart today. There's so much red there for day-to-day or IL that I. the only thing that's crazier right now is looking at the Dodgers bullpen, which, by the way, Alex Reyes is going to miss the rest of the season with another shoulder surgery. That's such a bummer. Um, one of the most talented young relief prospects I've covered. I knew that starting was never going to be a thing. There, there was just too much control issues with him, but I thought he could be absolutely dominant in relief, kind of the Andres Munoz package, but with a changeup instead. Um, not going to be a guy who, if he's on your fantasy roster because you thought he might get a chance for saves for the Dodgers at the end of the year, not going to happen, unfortunately. But one of my favorite young hurlers to watch and hoping for the best of, for him. By the way, Edouard Julien is one for two with a double and a run score tonight against those Toronto Blue Jays. Nice to see this guy against a guy like Kevin Gaussman. That's pretty impressive. It's uh did not expect the twins to get to five today, to be completely honest with you. Just looking at uh a top three of Julian Donovan Solano and Alex Kirilov, who uh by the way, Solano has a home run. Uh Royce Lewis, by the way, you're all welcome. He's been excellent two for two with an RBI today. Uh wish he was showing a little more patience at the plate, but 308 average and 487 slugging percentage. You cannot complain. And I'm going to give you another prospect. It's, it's time, folks. If he's still available, this is the one. This is the one that people have been waiting for, Chris. I saw some people in the chat might have been mentioning the name. And yep, it is time to roster Cade Marlowe. Cade Marlowe is the no. I'm just kidding. It's time to roster Christian and Cardinalcion Strand, folks. Look, he hits another home run. You've seen the Reds already call up La De La Cruz. You've seen them call up Andrew Abbott, who we talked about. You saw them talk, call up Matt McClain. The Cincinnati Reds are going to show off their young pieces this year. And Encarnacion Strain is the best hitting prospect remaining in the minors for the 2023 season. And I'm not sure it's all that close. He is now hitting. Let's just pull that up to make sure I'm accurate. 362 with a 427 on base percentage and a 1.161 OPS now has 17 homers and 177 at-bats. I will give you the risks with the Encarnacion strand. He is a rookie hitter who's not going to steal any bases, and he strikes out a lot. 
There are significant swing and miss issues, and he's not exactly a patient hitter, although the approach to the plate, similar to De La Cruz, has gotten better as of late. He was something like 30 to 3 strikeout to walk at one point. It has gone much better for him as of late. Part of it, I think, just out of fear of pitching to Christian Encarnacion Strand in AAA Louisville. But the ball just jumps off this bat, Ryan, and he has that – he kind of reminds me of Chris Bryant in that terms of – and I know that's – not as sexy a thing to say now as it was a few years ago but keep in mind how good chris bryant was not that long ago the the rare guy who could strike out 140 150 times and still hit 280 290 because everything was screamed and he can take it to the opposite field he can take any pitch out of the park to any part of the plate it's worth pointing out that great american ballpark is a very friendly place for any type of power hitter much less somebody who was I would go 80 power with Christian Encarnacion Strand. I have to say this too, Ryan. That's going to be a fascinating trade to look back on between the uh, Twins and the Reds because at the time I really liked that deal and I still like Tyler Malley. But I think Cincinnati might be celebrating this one for a little bit because Encarnacion Strand has a chance to be a middle-of-the-order hitter who can hit 40 home runs, who can drive in a bunch of runs, especially if you've got guys like L.A. De La Cruz who – By the way, uh, a point anointed himself as the fastest man on the planet the other day. I loved it. I, I just make, make LA De La Cruz and Julio Rodriguez the faces of baseball. Like do that. And you're going to be just fine. Baseball. You don't have to change any more rules. You're just going to be great. If those two are your faces of baseball, because they are so much fun, but I'm being aggressive. If Christian and Encarnacion stand strand is still available in your redraft league, I don't care that the call-up might not happen for another month. I have to have him on the roster because the FOMO with me for him would be so high to know that he could be that guy who can literally win you a category or at least a category rate as soon as he gets called up. I would be madder than a wet hen, as my grandma likes to say, if I do not have him and he's helping somebody else. Go get Christian Encarnacion Strand right now. Matter than what and did not think yeah. we were going to hear that one on on the podcast today but yeah so also notable i mean spencer steer has started a couple of games in left field yeah um, recently um i'm not seeing what he where he's playing today or if he's playing today but i know he started there like in this span of two games in three days i think maybe wednesday and friday he played left field, so that's that's notable. That could potentially clear a spot for Christian Encarnacion Strand. Joey Votto's ramping back up. Right. Um, I th- I'm guessing they're going to put Votto at DH at this point. Mm-hmm. That would make all the sense in the world. They've been kind of rotating that DH spot. I know they like to have uh, give Tyler Stevenson some some DH at bats, but he hasn't really hit enough this year to kind of justify no. that. Um, has been a little bit bit better of late, but um, I think it would make sense for them to kind of make a CES the uh, full-time first baseman, put Joey Votto at, at DH, and hopefully that helps to keep him healthy. Would love to see Joey Votto back too, by the way. Everybody loves Joey Votto. But, yeah, I'm, yes, I'm completely with you on Christian Encarnacion Strand. Uh, the Reds, by the way, strangely because of given their home venue have not hit that many home runs this year. So they could use yeah. a little uh, sure. home run pop in the middle of that lineup. I, th- I think that Ellie Dead the Cruz guy is probably going to give them some as well, but uh, they could use some, uh, some CES pop um, at first base. And I, 
I think it could be fairly soon. I mean, I, I don't, I can't pretend to know exactly what the, the Reds front office is, is thinking, but I think they see that the, I mean, I don't know if you watched like clips of how that stadium looked. I mean, this yeah. is a, they were, I mean, they were drawing like 9,000 yeah. regularly um, back when they had zero momentum, but now that they have some, a lot of excitement. Yeah. I think it makes sense to kind of build on that and promote him soon. And I'm stashing him in, in a couple leagues and go ahead and get that fab bet out now before, uh, before he gets super expensive when he actually comes up. Yeah. And here's the thing. I can't think of any prospects right now that I would be waiting on outside of him. And let's just be honest. This is normally what you're saving your fab bids for. You're not waiting for some catcher all of a sudden to get the spot or like some bullpen arm to move into the closer role. I know that stuff happens every now and then, but it's mostly about big prospects. And most of the big prospects right now are in the lower levels. Like, Sure, Jackson Churio, but we just talked about all the outfielders that the Milwaukee Brewers have. Jordan Lawler hasn't been good enough, and the uh, Diamondbacks have been way too good to project right now Jordan Lawler to get called up. Marcelo Meyer maybe, but more of a – I like Marcelo Meyer a lot, but I think a better a real-life player than a fantasy one. Really good defensive player, and I do think that he could be interesting for them just because – I just don't think Kike Hernandez is the starting shortstop for a playoff team. I, I, I just don't see it. I think he has more value being that guy who's playing everywhere, especially against left-handed pitching. They've already kind of given up on that. I feel like he's yeah. he kind of has developed the yips. They've been more using him in the outfield. So yeah, yeah. Trevor yeah. Story so, hopefully back, hopefully back before well, that's too a good long, point, but, dude. Forget but, about uh, Trevor Story. Yeah, so certainly in the second half possibility we could see Meyer at some point. Yeah, uh, thanks for making me feel stupid because I forgot about Trevor Story. By the way, I really appreciate it. Really needed that to end my uh, end my one story. of my favorite things to do. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm well aware. Uh, that's will be it for us. Uh, real quick, uh, we were going to talk about. We just ran out of uh, names to talk about. AJ Smith Shaver, also somebody we talked about. Drew and I talked about him as well. I think he's interesting. I'm not going super aggressive on Fab because I do think. Atlanta is going to protect the heck out of his arm. He's going to see starts missed. You're going to see times where he's just in the bullpen. I can't imagine that he's going to get enough starts necessarily to be a great option. However, if you can stream him, especially against mediocre lineups, that swing and miss stuff is very legit. Didn't strike out a ton of guys against the nationals, but the nationals are a very tough lineup actually to strike out. Um, they're kind of, the Nationals are kind of fun, actually, to watch. It, I wasn't expecting them to be fun to watch, but they're a lot more. Maybe it's just because I've had to watch too much Double A Midland this year, who, by the way, is on fire. Good for the Oakland Athletics. Nationals have been sneaky good against yeah. left-handed pitching. I, I know yeah. Smith Sharver's a righty, but yeah, like you, be careful on streaming them when they're yep. against them with a lefty because they've they've been sneaky good against against southpaws. Absolutely. But yeah, definitely a name to consider. Maybe go like a one or 2% fab bid type of thing. If you still have a bunch of your fab left, um, can't hurt you too much, but I wouldn't go too aggressive because I do wonder just how many starts he's going to be making. Okay. That'll do it for us. Thanks for tuning into the Roto-Wire Fantasy Baseball Broadcast brought to you by Batflip. Go to batflipgame.com to download and pick up that awesome game. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Crawford underscore M-I-L-B. Ryan is at Ryan P. Boyer. Stay tuned for more episodes every single 
day of the week and see you guys soon.